podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombe Show in association with Betfred. Good to have you with us, gang. We are back and looking ahead to week 10. Some cracking matchups to preview. Tom Deacon in the house. Comedian, presenter, all-round good guy. 49ers super fan as well so we'll definitely get one or two digs in about the san francisco season so far we'll talk thursday night football big win for the colts uh the super bowl halftime act has been announced as well so some key news uh to get into as well it's picking every single week 10 game on the slate so without further ado let's get straight down to business and welcome the brilliant mr tom deacon tom deacon Good to see you looking fine and dandy. In particular, I'm noticing it's always fun when you're on the show because I'm looking at you in my Zoom screen and I can mm. see the wonderful backdrop behind you. And there's a Mickey Mouse in San Francisco 49ers colors. Of course, a yep. 49ers helmet. You're getting a theme here. There's a Duke football, but there's a Miami Dolphins helmet there that I hadn't noticed before. Is that for my benefit? Uh, that is for your benefit. I have uh, another 30 teams just on the floor. Actually, <laughs> my girlfriend yeah. is furious about it. She's like, listen, why do you buy the tiny helmets? You can't even wear them. And I said, listen, you don't understand about NFL. <laughs> um, and I pop them up as and when. But uh, <laughs> when I have visitors round, I find out what their NFL team is. Uh, I'll get in front of them. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, it, I, and, and the, the nice thing is, there's more and more people getting into NFL. A, a recent friend of mine has decided to support the Philly Eagles. Why? Because mm. he has an eagle on his gate to his house. Uh, nice. That's how trivial it is. <laughs> nice. Has an eagle tattoo across his back. <laughs> so yeah, he, but he ignored yeah. that. He can't see that. He can only see the gate. But uh, <laughs> lovely to be back, Nat. Great to see you. I love the idea of wearing those helmets out. Maybe, at a, you know, a club in Dalston. <laughs> Somebody just on top of your head. Yeah, do you know when you get like hula hoops and you wear them on your, your fingers? <laughs> That's how you should go out with these helmets now, just one on each finger. <laughs> I love it. Uh, lots to get into. We're going to preview week 10, uh, key into some of the big matchups, uh, try and pick every game if we can. Uh, some news to get into as well. Let's start with Thursday night football and the Colts win because you and I love Mike Brabel on this show, right? He's one of, he's one of our faves. I think we established last time you were on in the power rankings of head coaches you would least like to get a halftime rollicking from. Vrabel was top three, right? Yeah, um, easily top three. He is not going to be a happy man with the way that special teams just capitulated because they were in control of that game. And a combination of uh, mistakes, Goskowski again and missing a field goal, surely his days are numbered. Uh, and they they threw that away, not to take away the win from from the Colts, but the, Vrabel and the Titans are going to look back at that game and it could be a turning point in their season and just be shaking their heads. Yeah, it's it's definitely um for such momentum that they had, they seem to have lost it somewhat. And yet we're we're looking at a team that are still six and three. The Colts, we said they were down and out. Philip Rivers, get out. <laughs> what's what's Frank doing keeping Philip Rivers around? But then turns mm. up and a kind of another masterclass and don't write off the old quarterbacks in, in any way, shape, or form. Um Big time. But, but but yeah, what where do the Titans go from here? Um Derek Henry back to over a hundred yards rushing again. But um yeah, just something amiss here. This is a team that very rarely turned the football over. Yeah. And the Colts just found a way to, to get the ball rolling. And well done to them on my fantasy team. They are my defense, and I'm very happy with them. Uh, now the truth's coming out. It's, it's one of those conundrums, of course, that when they're chasing a game, they've got to go away from Henry, right? And, and, and Tannehill, and there was that drive when they were really in a hole, and he was just siding through them. And it looked, looked like they were going to get back into it. And then the, the goal line stand from the red zone stand, anyway, from 
the the Colts and that pretty much shut the game down. So the, the Titans can do it, of course, in the air and, and Tannehill demonstrated it with that drive, but there it's really, really frustrating. I imagine for Titans fans, you've got this unreal weapon that when you're behind that fight, you can't really use him. You just can't, you're struggling against time. And you, you can't go to the ground game. It's, um, it is, it is an issue. Speaking of Goskowski, I mean, I'm sure he's going to get cut now and I don't want to see that. I don't want to see anyone lose their gig. And I've, uh, speaking, of, he's in my fantasy team, so <laughs> that will cause me an, an undue headache if he does. I mean, he's a great player and he's achieved so much. And, and you want to see him succeed. And Vrabel, respect to him and the Titans, they've stuck by him because he's had a, a, a real topsy-turvy season. It wouldn't surprise me, though, if he does get cut, if fast forward three months, Tom, and Goskowski kicks the winning field goal for whichever NFC team he lands on against the Titans in the Super Bowl. But that would be incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 sort of written that way. Um, it, it's what do what does any team, what does any franchise do when they've got a kicker that seems to be missing easy kicks? Uh, Boswell kicked uh, missed two extra point kicks for the Steelers uh, the other week, and you think how how are you missing the easy ones? And then Goskowski is scoring the over forty five yard field goals, and you're right. just like it doesn't make any sense. But I can see in this sort of uh, league where you need to be getting those easy points. You know, they will be yeah. shown the door uh, politely. Hopefully he's sent politely, maybe with a gift of some description. <laughs> so you're saying Vrabel's going to send a fruit basket uh, to Goskowski at uh, yeah. a, a P45? Yeah, the, the fruit is all smushed, though, with Vrabel's anger. <laughs> uh, everything is just broken and smushed. It's still fruit. It is still He'll fruit. get the message. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, one final note on that, Philip Rivers, the aforementioned Rivers, uh, bounce back game for him, of course, after the embarrassment last week of, of, of his stumble and then his attempted uh, tackle with his legs. He was sort of flailing on the ground, wasn't he? Like, uh, which I was working with OC and Jason yesterday saying to them, you two played in the NFL, obviously, for, for a long time. Us mere mortals. Think about what it would be like to play in the NFL. That's what it would look like in reality. <laughs> what Philip Rivers did last week was, is what it would look like in reality. But fair play to him. Fifth now on the all-time passing yards list, surpassing Dan Marino, who I understand was his childhood hero, Marino. So that's a, a beautiful moment for, for Rivers. Is he a Hall of Famer for you, Rivers? That is a very good question because... Uh... Passing Marino was also uh, Flacco, Joe Flacco, in terms of yardage throwing in the air. Uh, I think Philip Rivers is a fantastic role model <laughs> for his, uh, his uh, uh, basically... Large family. Talking. Yes, yeah, for the large <laughs> family. Well done. Guinness Book of yeah. Records. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, just his trash talking is brilliant on the field. He mm. is a character. Uh, I... I He's got to be in there, but he wouldn't be my first choice. Is that mm. the diplomatic answer? It's I think a, that's a very diplomatic Beautifully answer. handled, Tom Deacon. Beautifully handled. Uh, one other bit of news before we get into our Week 10 picks. The weekend confirmed for the Super Bowl halftime show. Now, we know you are you're a hipster, Tom Deacon. You're a, you're a, a Radio 1 DJ, right? So you could have been around. Yeah, I've, I've been, been around there. Hanging with, the, hanging with the hipsters. So that's got to be a booking that has put a smile on your face, right? just the fact that finally when we have the weekend perform we can finally not have to put all the letters in and we can finally all agree that it's wknd that's mm -hmm. how we're all agreeing to to say it. uh yeah. am i excited yes i am i was i i love the halftime performance last year at the super bowl not only because my niners were there but it was brilliant the year before yeah average uh, this year hopefully with the weekend he can deliver who was the year before was that maroon five 
Yes, it was Maroon yeah. 5 and a little bit yeah. of Outcast turned up. It was Atlanta's finest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't like the actors on the field. I didn't like them. <laughs> Pretending yeah, to really get into it. Component. I was that's a, always a tough decision, right? Because certainly the last few years I've been doing a live radio broadcast of the Super Bowl, obviously with no breaks, and particularly where you are, your media spot is uh is fairly high up in the gods. So you can't leg it to the bathroom in 90 seconds it's a, it's a commitment right so there's no way you'll go the only time basically in a five-hour broadcast you're going to the bathroom is half time maroon five didn't blink uh yeah i'll see you later yeah. <laughs> i'll see you in 10 tops uh, off yeah just there tops off i just felt shakira's turn to the camera uh imitating eating an ice cream was my favorite moment um, yes for many people but but the music i think it just summed it captured something with jennifer lopez turning up i think we need a bit of an older artist that we nostalgic for everybody to get on board with and i think shakira the latina influence the the audience it was amazing whereas the year before i just i think it missed a beat that's all mm. fair i'm just wondering now which and maybe our listeners can help us at the nc show facebook instagram Twitter, which artist should we pair with the weekend at the Super Bowl halftime show? I like the idea of that, building a, dr- a dream build, but they've got to be, uh, based on Tom Deacon's directive, over 50. <laughs> so they've got to be over 50. Just for the experience, and we've seen it with the young quarterbacks getting partnered with nice. an, an, a, a more experienced wide receiver. It works. Yeah. Maybe we can get Dan Marino on stage with, <laughs> with the weekend at the Super Bowl. I would like that. Right, let's get down to business. Uh, let's start with... Bills at Cardinals, one of the games of the weekend uh, for all kinds of reasons. Two two contenders, no doubt about that. Fresh off the back, uh, the Bills have a big win uh, against Seattle where they were extraordinarily good, Tom, on, on both sides of the ball. Particularly an important bounce-back game for Josh Allen, right? Because going into that game, he'd been in a bit of a decline, certainly with his arm. They'd beaten the Patriots on the ground. There was concern about how they were going to approach Seattle because you can get to their secondary as they demonstrated pretty impressively but whether there was too much of a risk with Allen's accuracy and erratic play the first drive they carved them up and, and they never looked back that has got to be not just because they took down another serious playoff contender in the, in the fashion that they did but to a rehabilitation I guess of Josh Allen after a, a, an early season slump that's got to fill the Bills with confidence. They can go deep in the playoffs this year. Yeah, I, I really back this. Uh, the Bills Mafia know what they've gone through over years and years. Uh, Josh Allen is looking very, very strong. And and every quarterback needs to have that confidence. Got a bit of a, a knocking against the Titans early on in the season. Um, but yeah, it's building that confidence. Stefan Diggs is, is a fantastic partnership. We mentioned about a, a, a kind of more experienced receivers coming to join the team. That's the perfect combination at the moment. Stefan Diggs looks good for the yards he's managed to amass already in nine games. Josh Allen looks lights out, not running as much as, say, his counterpart he's going to be going against this weekend, the Cardinals in Kyler Murray. But still, mm. as long as Josh Allen is staying in the pocket and throwing deep balls, that's what we want to see from him. And he is looking more and more confident. And I think with this Bills team, they're definitely going to be knocking on the playoff door easily. The Bills with certainly weaker against the Seahawks pass rush. And that was an issue, of course, there has been an issue in terms of collective defense for, for the Seahawks, but Jamal Adams stepping up and getting above Carlos Dunlap as well, their new acquisition, bringing a bit more edge to the Seahawks. But at the same time, it's because uh, they were just throwing everything at it to try and get back in the game. It kind of made 
made sense that that stat line looked as it did. On the flip side, Russell Wilson was hit, sacked five times. He was hit another 11 times. And of course, he had two picks and two recovered uh, fumbles as well. And this was a game I think because of the manner in which Allen and the offense came out of the traps flying that we're maybe underestimating how well the Bills D played in that game I, I think totally nail on the head there Nat because I think uh Russell Wilson was talked about MVP early mm. doors this season everyone was saying oh he's MVP we, you even mentioned it so early to start talking about MVP but I think it, it he got a little bit rattled in the previous game to that and then the Bills stepped up and just knew how to to hustle him there was a great game plan from the Bills, they knew what they needed to do uh, for Russell Wilson. And if you take away DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett from him, and they don't have the running game, they're, they're built the Seahawks to run the football. And mm. they've really struggled by not having Carson. Uh, I wouldn't say Carlos Hyde's been that amazing for them, uh, but, but definitely Carson out. They've really struggled. So they're relying so much on Russell Wilson to do that extra thing. And, and he's making those little mistakes. So again, confidence was trying to be forced for Russell Wilson as opposed to, to Josh Allen in that game. We'll talk Seahawks Rams in a bit on the Cardinals on Kyler in particular, looking at a really interesting stat about him last week against the Finns where again, because he's such an electric runner and we are drawn to this and he, he, he brilliant in the sense that in the generation that we're living through and watching, and you've got all these incredible dual threat quarterbacks that each have a slightly different edge. So Alan, you should put in that mix because he's decent with his legs, but obviously Deshaun, obviously Lamar uh, and Mahomes. He's got something different as well in terms of the style of runner that he is and what he brings so speedy. But because we inevitably are drawn to that type of maneuver and that kind of play, I think it takes away from how good a pocket passer he is. Like When he's in the pocket, he is lights out consistent big arm on him and he looks like the complete package and, and I say that with an element of surprise because I think there has been I think there has been inevitably there is with any dual threat quarterback is he better with his legs we heard this about Lamar for a long time and those conversations are coming back as well aren't they but kind of Murray to me has really progressed this year and I know he's maybe not at that Lamar MVP season level that people suggested he might be at at this stage but he is absolutely trending in the right direction and really, really impressed with how he's played. Yeah. When you look at the stats, I mean, yeah, he scored eight touchdowns himself uh, running it in the end zone. Right. Um, 543 yards. That's the highest uh, rushing offensive weapon the Cardinals have had. He he leads the stats there. Um, But what I also noticed with his stats, over 2,000 yards, uh, uh, 16 touchdowns this season. Mm. So that just goes to show that it's it's not imbalanced if you sort of mean. So he is that dual threat quarterback. I think when he gets flushed out of the pocket, that's when he's obviously going to use his legs and extend yeah. the plays, which you're talking about there. He's accurate. He's deadly. You can't underestimate him. What I would say about the Cardinals, though, the real test is going to come for the, their division, the NFC West, is when they play the Rams. That's going to be the real litmus paper for me because when I look at some of the results they've had, yes, uh, that they beat the Washington uh, team. They've beaten the 49ers. <clears throat> sorry, I'm dealing with that. Uh, that was early on in the season. The Jets <laughs> as well uh, as the Cowboys. They haven't really, and they beat the Seahawks. That's really their mm. toughest opponent they've had, the Seahawks. Right. Um, so I think that, that when you compare these two teams, I think the Bills have, have beaten the, the, the tougher opponents because they've both beaten the Seahawks. But I think the Cardinals with Kyler Murray can up their game. And I think if they can beat the Rams, then, then seriously, we will be talking about Kyler Murray, maybe even an MVP. 
Yeah, they're going to get past the Bills first. On Murray, and it's a great point you make about just how productive he is with his legs. Another stat on that front, he's averaging, uh, this is PFS stats, 4.4 rushing yards before contact this season, which is a long way clear as the best in in the NFL. You just can't get near, you can't get near him. I mean, it's just uh, unreal. Who would you take? If you're starting a franchise tomorrow, you're taking Josh Allen, you're taking Kyler Murray. Uh, I take Kyler Murray and just because I like him when he's running with a football, it is mm. lights out. The legs are moving. The bo- the top half does not move. <laughs> the yeah. legs are just going like a cartoon character. Very fun to watch. But if, if I was at a franchise head being serious, yeah, I take Kyler Murray. I think uh, he, he offers something a bit more accurate with that long ball and the, the deep mm. ball when he's playing. I think he's a bit more accurate than, than Josh Allen. So I would take Kyler. You, similar moves from both teams getting Stefan Diggs for Allen, DeAndre Hopkins for, for Kyler Murray. And it's something we touched upon, I think on the show either earlier this week or last week, that that's perhaps what the Ravens need to do with Lamar. Easier said than done to get a Diggs or a Hopkins, but to get that comfort blanket, go to elite receiver, just to create that, that stability. Cause I don't, they've got, they've got Hollywood, but he's a burner and I'm not sure he's, he's, well, he's not at that level. So mm. uh, it'd be interesting to see how they deal with that in either in the draft or the off season, the Ravens. Well, they've got Des Bryant. I mean, come on. Now. Des Bryant. <laughs> yeah, Des Bryant. I, Des Bryant is who could be on the halftime stage for the weekend at <laughs> the Super Bowl because he's surely him pushing the, He can introduce the weekend. Uh, yeah, you're, yeah, you're right because it looks like for Lamar Jackson, he likes throwing to Andrews or Hollywood and that, that yeah. seems to be it. And anyone else, he doesn't really trust. It's almost like the opposite of Tom Brady. If Tom Brady falls out of trust with you, he won't throw to you anymore. Uh, and kind of Rogers in that respect, but Lamar doesn't seem to want to trust anyone else. So maybe, yeah, a, a veteran receiver come in, they could build that relationship. Does Tom Brady, when he falls out of trust with the receivers, send them squished a squished fruit basket as well? Does he get Vrabel yeah. to squish it and then to? <laughs> and what's what's freaky about Tom Brady? He will always do a crushed pineapple, barehanded, <laughs> and that's got spikes on it. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Who are you picking? Oh, Bills cards. Uh, for this one, I, I think I'm going to lean on the Bills for this one just because I feel uh, they've had the tougher matchups this year and, and, and I like the way uh, they will be composed. Coming off a loss against the Dolphins, the Cardinals will be a little bit rattled working out how did that happen. So yeah, Bills for me. I'm taking the cards. I think Kyla, I think Kyla bounces back. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think we could see Tom Deacon playoff teams flying out from the nfc west right how is that gonna how is that gonna make you feel uh it's gonna make me feel very happy they've got a roster that haven't got uh, a long list of injuries i think all <laughs> credit to them uh, you can still make it when we're all rested well they're we're gonna get all in the mouth, aren't they? well all four of you <laughs> could make it that is technically true speaking of which let's talk seahawks rams next this one in la of course and the rams offer by the five and three the seahawks after that defeat to buffalo fall to six and two so we've covered i think a fair amount of the seahawks when talking about their bills uh the defeat to the bills last week but the rams tom deacon help me work out the la rams because i'm absolutely torn and I keep, I get, I'm getting counsel. I, you know, I'm getting counsel from Greg Rosenthal, who's been a, a champion of theirs from before the season started. Then I'm hearing Mike Carlson weighing in with a slightly more negative mindset. Everything in between, divided opinion. Goff, if we're talking about these young quarterbacks, and he has to still be grouped in there, who have uh, that X factor Goff. I've always liked Goff, but he seems to be regressing. He doesn't seem to have... It, you know enough about him when you're looking at what is required for 
a team to seriously contend? It's that age-old question, isn't it? You mentioned Joe Flacco earlier on, said you look at that Ravens team and, and Flacco and everyone can pull out examples of teams that have won the Super Bowl with indifferent or adequate quarterbacking. And I guess that's what the Rams are looking at. But when you put a player like Goff, and to emphasize it, I like Goff. I like the way he throws the ball. I don't think he's as bad as some people suggest. But it's, it's I think maybe it's to do with speed of thinking. OC was talking about Tua's speed of thought. Like Tua's had, what, two starts in the NFL. And already you can see just how quickly he's processing things. And he was saying, if you look at Goff, he just doesn't process stuff at the same speed. He is mechanical in the way that he plays the game. Carson always used to say that about Jay Cutler, incredible arm, Cutler. Mm. So many attributes that stand out as a very credible NFL quarterback, but he wasn't anticipating where his receiver was going to be at the, to the same speed as other players. And Goff is, is in the same group, I think. So look, we know he's not going to be Lamar Mahomes style with his legs and as an athlete, but is Goff a good enough quarterback, do you think, to get this Rams team into serious contention this season? Uh, one word, no. But that's <laughs> not to say... Should we uh, move on? <laughs> no, that's it. Yeah, cheers now. I'm just no. going to rip up my notes now. Yeah, um, no, I... Uh, look, Jared Gruff, I think you you said it perfectly. He is... He's not an instinctive player. I, I would call it instinctive. You, you've yeah. got, they're all talented. To make it into the NFL, you've got to be incredibly good. That next level is about those instincts, the things that you can't teach, those when the play breaks down where does he go to? You know, he's looking through his progressions and thinking, I don't know what to do here. Jared Goff isn't the person that, that is going to lead that team with that next extra X um, star ability that he has. He, he just doesn't have that in my opinion. And I think the problem with the Rams are, but for them, it's a financial thing. They've got a couple of good players. I think they've paid Jared Goff too much and they could have had a couple of other better elite players around him Um if they hadn't paid him so much. So I, I think yeah, they went in early on that, didn't it? It's a great point. Yeah. And I think um, Sean McVay is a fantastic play caller. They've got a good ethos. Uh, watching them on hard knocks was really enjoyable to see how they, they came through and, and building up for this season. But, mm. but I just don't think they've got enough star talent around they've got some good players Jalen Ramsey they've got you know to name Oof. but one Aaron let's talk Donald. about that let's talk about Jalen Ramsey against DK Metcalf because that's going to be a key matchup here and cannot wait to see that if you look at Metcalf and some of the corners he's been up against right so and heavyweight corners Xavier Howard uh 106 yards Metcalf picked up 85 mm. when Stefan Gilmore was put on him Tredavious White as well he kept him in more check 65 Tredavious White Ramsey who has allowed 79 receiving yards into his coverage since week two. 70. That's not on one receiver. That's in total. That's what Jalen Ramsey has allowed. This is going to be a heavyweight matchup. Yeah, this, this is definitely looking forward to this one. The thing is, um, the, the question is, will Jalen Ramsey be, be marking DK Metcalf? You know, and, and how much of an influence does he have on that secondary to say, look, you, you, tack, you, you take him on. Or is he the big dog? And when the two big dogs go head to head, that if they do step up against each other, I mean, will there be a Buda Baker situation? <laughs> don't forget DK Metcalf took down Buda Baker. Yeah. Uh, I, I like this contest. I think Jalen Ramsey talks the talk. He's proved it with the 79 yards, but this is where you're going up a heavyweight. I can't wait for it. I think DK Metcalf's going to win this one. It's interesting as well. It's a great point you make because if, if that, if Ramsey does close him down, this is what the Seahawks do. Tyler Lockett goes off. And I mean, that's the real, real edge interesting 
theory that's coming out. When you look at the Seahawks and their shift in how they're playing this season, which is in very simple terms, letting Wilson throw it more, right? Which mm. if you look statistically uh, two, three years ago, we, we talked about it on the show, the run versus pass percentages and how significantly that has shifted now, right? And that is one of the reasons why, to the most part, and to your point, Russell Wilson's been the front runner for MVP because he is airing it out and then nailing it. And it's dazzling. And everyone's saying, well, why haven't they done this before? What have they, what have they been doing? Well, there are a lot of reasons for that. Personnel is, is obviously one of them. And, and the tandem that he's got now in, in particular in that respect, the strongest receiving cores he's ever had at Seattle. But there's also the difference in game management. Obviously, if you're leading with the run, and the impact that that has, and also how you're using Russell Wilson in the the grand scheme of things, so much pressure on him when he's leading the offense in the way that they are, and the passing game is leading the offense versus not. And there is an argument that I've read, which is there's almost too much responsibility now on on Wilson. And I know that might sound counterintuitive, but it's a little bit like the Packers of recent years, because Aaron Rodgers is so good, and this year might be different, we don't know, and we'll I'm sure we'll talk about them in a minute, but certainly last season in, in years gone by, it's it give it to Aaron Rodgers to beat us. Like it's on Aaron Rodgers to w- work some magic. Feels like there's the same pressure on Wilson and that when it works well, happy days. But when like against the bills, they mix things up and things aren't going to plan then everything falls down. Yeah. It's like the same game against the Cardinals when, um, he throws that pick six and you're thinking everyone wants to b- blame Russell Wilson. But like you say, you're putting too much pressure on him. Balance it out. That that balanced offense. You're taking on the opposition plus you're taking on the clock. And when you run the football, you control the clock. When you don't and you make these uh, these incomplete passes, pressure's on again. And the defense we know for the Seahawks, yes, they've uh, uh, acquired uh, Dunlop. Uh, Dunlap, and they've they've also acquired the Adams to to do a little bit and disrupt things and maybe get a couple of sacks here and there. But the, Pete Carroll needs to step up and look after that defense because it's not working at the moment. Mm. And don't put all the pressure on Russell Wilson because it's a recipe for disaster. You'll be looking back going, where did we lose this season? We had mm. all these weapons and we didn't deliver. You, you need to to allow Russell Wilson to do what he does when is required, but not constantly hold him to do everything mm. because that's when you, players like they'll, they'll make the fumble those mistakes are beginning to come yep. into his play yeah, yeah. You, you need Russell Wilson to just manage the game as he does with these incredible passes as and when it's the right time who's your money on for this one oh, ah yeah. well uh, easily uh Seahawks but I, I, I say easily like the, the Rams are coming off a bye week that yeah. have learned from that Dolphins loss which was poor very, very poor. Not, not to take any way, uh, anything away from Miami, uh, but, but they were poor. Um, they lost the game for themselves. So I think they'll yeah. step up. But for me, the Seahawks are going to win this. Uh, it's a really, really tough one for me to call this week because there are a couple of games where I'm right on the fence and this is one of them. But, but strong arguments for both. I think, I think I'm leaning Seahawks, but I'm fascinated. If Ramsey steps up uh, and does close down, yeah, assuming it's Metcalf, you know, we'll see whether he, you know, he sees uh, how they play that. But I think, I think the Seahawks get it done. I think it's a bounce back win for them. I think, I think they're a stronger team. But I, but I'm basing my prediction, and I agree, agree with you. It is on the running game that the Seahawks mm. have got. You know, no Carlos Hyde. Is Carson going to play? 
who then steps up? Is it Dallas that they've got a few extra players on the practice squad as well that have joined? Uh, yeah, Scarborough as well. Both Scarboroughs joined on their practice squad. So, so if they can get the run game going, then yes, I'd say this is the Seahawks uh, uh, game to win. Yeah, that was a massive blow for them, wasn't it? Actually thinking about it against the Bills, a great point that we had made. Uh, incidentally, uh, talking of Seahawks Rams, never mind Russ, Tom Deacon. DK's cooking for the Seahawks with Betfred's double delight. If you back DK Metcalf or any other player to score first in the Seahawks Rams game, and he does, and then grabs another, you'll get double the odds. How about that? I can see you're writing this down. Uh, it's singles only. Maximum stakes apply. Bets must be placed on the first touchdown scorer market prior to kickoff to qualify. Winnings paid is cash full terms at betfred.com forward slash promotions. And of course, you've got to be 18 plus be gamble aware.org. Let's move next to Ravens Pats. Baltimore really rallied in the face of adversity last week, didn't they? Because COVID hit them hard. And Marlon Humphrey uh, was out. A number of other players in uh, the team on the defensive side of the ball were missing as well because of COVID protocol. Uh, Calais Campbell leave, left the game early on uh, as well. So they were banged up, it's fair to say, uh, and still took care of the Colts. And then some, when you look at how impressive the Colts looked against the Titans last night, the Ravens, Steve, stuffed them, right? Rivers, mm. who didn't have TY, fair enough, but they had just 10 points. It was very much the defense that, that won that game for them because offensively they were they were stumbling the first half they were terrible Lamar got it rolling in in the second half but to our point earlier on still doesn't look like that this is a complete offense uh, do you think that what may have happened and this is always determined of course on having the personnel to execute it but there's an extra year of tape on Lamar now and the Steelers approved this. If you shut down the middle of the field, mm, starts to we start to see a very different type of Lamar. Do you think there are enough defenses that not only have worked out how to beat him, but have the personnel to at least keep him in check? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Steelers were phenomenal with their defensive plan. As you said, stack that middle. But if you want to throw, yeah, you've got to go outside the numbers. You've got to throw, you've got to use your arm and you've got to be confident that you're going to make it. The, the Ravens also... Jackson said, uh, I think it was this week, that, uh, that when he lines up to call the players, the defense are already calling what they're about to do. Mm. There was so much tape on the Ravens. They, they were electric last year, rushing yards, passing. They were just a, a force to be reckoned with. Like you say, all that tape. Greg Roman plays a certain way, mm. and that's how they're lining up. They need yeah. something else. They need an extra factor. They need a little plan C or D in those moments where, where they take on a defense that are so strong. Uh, I don't think they're going to have that against the Pats because the, the Patriots don't offer anything uh, against them. But yes, I think this is when they'll get back to form. But Baltimore need to have a few extra ideas because it looks the same offense that was last year. You know, me and uh, it feels like every anecdote I'm dropping on the show this week is me and Osi were talking about this, but we've been spending a lot of time with over the go. last couple of weeks. Osi was coming up with an interesting theory about uh, the Ravens that they should he said doesn't think it's going to happen but they should regroup with Lamar and rethink to your point exactly there isn't really a plan b with this Greg Roman offense but they should regroup step back a bit and rebuild a different style of offense going forward mm -hmm. you know it's to your point that and and it's a great point you make Lamar saying they seem to know our plays that they're getting found out and he would benefit long term as a player a long term investment with Lamar if they just work with him a bit and and just rebuilt and rethought 
the offense uh, and, and change things up a bit. Whether they're going to do that is, is another matter. Let's talk Patriots because I was writing on Trevor Lawrence this week for the Times and the teams that are in contention for him. Trevor Lawrence, uh, I'm sure most of our listeners know, but for those who don't, is the consensus number one overall pick in the 2021 draft, the Clemson quarterback who our friend Ben Isaacs described as the closest thing to a, a sure thing he's seen in years, right, coming out of, of college. And there are quite a few teams in the mix for them, right? And mischievously, I threw the Patriots in there because, it's, of course, it's unlikely that they're going to fall that far. But they are not at the races, Tom. And they're not, I mean, it's not outside the realms of possibility that they're going to have uh, at, at least a top five overall pick. Uh, and you never know, right? Uh, that would be interesting what Belichick would do if he was offered the opportunity to take Trevor Lawrence when we all know what Belichick likes to do in drafts and stockpile picks. He'd probably, I'm sure he'd, he'd, he'd deal it. But nevertheless, they, they Cam doesn't seem to be the answer at quarterback. They've got a defense that is so far from what it was last year because of personnel changes. There are no offensive weapons really around him of no other than Edelman who's injured is duct tape and sellotape and tipex and <laughs> whatever else you want to throw in. Let's have some plasters as well. It, they are keeping any kind of vaguely competitive team on the field. It's just respect to Belichick and McDaniels that the Patriots are even mildly competitive because this is an awful roster, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's not great. Uh, they're relying on that running game. Like you say, Cam Newton. I mean, going into that New York Jets game, you thought, well, they should win this. The Jets are poor. Yeah, uh, but uh, they had a real run for their money. And, and I will point out, I, I did actually always talk fantasy when it's NFL. I nice. watched that game with Cam Newton as my quarterback and needing him to have a lights out performance. And those two running touchdowns for him, exquisite. Thank you very much, Cam Newton. He is straight out of my team this week. Straight out. When I'm quarterback <laughs> right. streaming, he's right. not going to be there. But because Harsh. they rely so heavily on that run game with, with Myers, yes, a, a career high for him, 12 catches for 169 yards. But there's just no confidence with that Patriots team that they're actually going to throw the football. Yeah. Harris is there. Is he going to be playing Damian Harris uh, this week? Uh, Rex Burkhead mm. steps up. They just, they're a team of even their def of defensive ends. Uh, Winovich has got two and a half sacks. That's it. You're like, wh who is this Patriots team? Yeah. There's no star players. Uh, when Ben Isaac says there's a surefire quarterback, we hear that every year. <laughs> this guy is a sure, <laughs> yeah. honestly, take this guy. I can't be more certain than this guy. <laughs> and then look at Justin Herbert. Everyone said, no, I don't know about Justin Herbert. Right. How good does he look in the NFL this year? I was one of those people. I was, I was skeptical and I have got egg on my face. No, no, no. But I, but I think we, we do, we analyze and we look at the stats and we think this won't work out. I think if the Patriots took a quarterback in the first round, it would be unheard of. But with Bill Belichick, I love the unexpected. He is incredible. We have to take our hats off, whether you like the Patriots or not, what he's able to do. The fact they're still able to be fairly competitive at the moment mm. with that roster. Yeah. Fair play to him and, and Josh McDaniels as well. He's not going to want to walk away from this, right? And, and I guess McDaniels, because he's the heir apparent, I mean, I think there's one more reboot here with the Patriots. And so that, because Lawrence isn't, yeah, I see I'm drinking the, the Ben Isaac's Kool-Aid, but, you know, it is his Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning level of, 
he's a lock. Who you, you can, you can definitely build a team around it. Sorry, Nat, you can definitely mm. build a team around, but there is no weapons really there at, at the Patriots at the mm. moment. And also, I was re- watching a, a brilliant series, uh, uh, Dreams of Sushi. It's a, it's a great uh, documentary about a sushi master that has his son in waiting for maybe 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> the idea is you pass on the reins. But this guy... Um, he's not uh, going anywhere. 85 years old and he's still working that's just that's what Belichick looks at McDaniel and said listen you tried at the Broncos it didn't work you'll just carry on waiting please <laughs> love it what... <laughs> it's like because uh, Carol signed a new deal right so they have a five-year extension so he's going to be he's 69 Carol although 69 going on 27 right he yeah. so he's going to be coaching till mid-70s at, at least and I could see him re-upping again I mean, I could see Carroll going on into his mid-80s. Maybe Belichick as well. That would be great, wouldn't it? All these 31-year-old Joe Brady coordinators, and <laughs> 84-year-old Bill Belichick still bossing it. Yeah, but, I, it, but why, McDaniels is just still there. He said every year we'll be talking about the teams that will get rid of their head coaches, like the Bears, probably Nagy, it's time to go. That off yeah, thing. Can, You oof. said you were going to change it. It hasn't worked. McDaniels will be like, McDaniels should come to Chicago, but it just yeah. won't happen. I, yeah. That team is staying at the Patriots, new quarterback potentially coming yeah. through, uh, and then the Patriots will be back to their winning ways. Uh, I, I'm guessing we're both taking the Ravens here. The question is whether they, whether they cover. The spread is seven. I, I see points. I think the Patriots might land some points here, but I'm, but I'm picking the Ravens and probably to cover as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's it's a no contest. Although they said uh, the Bucks against the Saints, every pundit said the Bucks. That didn't happen. Uh, but this one, I think we can be confident that Ravens are going to win this. When you say every pundit, Tom Deacon. Oh, did you not? Because <clears throat> oh, I do apologise. Well, look, they paid. Actually, we'll go back and check the tape last week. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I definitely picked them in in my column, but that's a separate story. Uh, let's talk because we've got a lot of games to rattle through now. So we'll go quick fire. On the rest, Bengals Steelers next. The big talk, of course, in this game is is Roethlisberger's status, right? Because that is um, up in the air. Although it's leaning, shading towards Roethlisberger playing, it seems. Yeah, Big Ben. Uh, over here in London, we have the, the you know it's the clock, it's the bell, but it's the clock, and that unfortunately the hands of time for Big Ben. This is his last year, in my opinion, of like get something done. How the Steelers? They don't win pretty, but they do win. Uh, and they look good against the young, youthful Bengals quarterback, Joe Burrow. It, it, it's, a, it's a mouthwatering contest, this. But it will be the 11th win in a row for the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, that's how I'm seeing this game. Yeah, 8-0 they are, of course. And Roethlisberger on the COVID reserve list all week because uh, a, a close contact, I think is how the, the Steelers described it, um, it, tested positive for COVID. So he's going to play, we think, but hasn't practiced already. But to your point, if there's a handful of quarterbacks in the NFL where well, that is least likely to affect you it's Roethlisberger you want that to you want absolutely this way around a veteran 15 plus years in the saddle as opposed to a rookie quarterback in his first season missing practice um it's going to be a really interesting game I think because the Bengals have been plucky and have had so many close games this season and I think they can put points up on this Steelers D I think that there is Burrow like any rookie quarterback has shown his flaws but it's got really exciting weapons around him. It's just the line. I, the, uh, this is where I think it can really unravel for them. If, if the Steelers, the uh, lick their chops and decimate that line, this could get ugly, but I think yeah. there'll be enough for the Bengals to land a few blows. Uh, Steelers win though. So uh, I guess we're both going Pittsburgh. 
uh, both going Pittsburgh. But what I love about Joe Burrow is an exciting quarterback that's come into this league. Uh, and they interviewed him this week and said, what did you do in your time off? He said he was watching House, uh, which is brilliant. <laughs> and he said when he was a kid, he was fearful of everything. He only pretty much watched the Disney Channel and SpongeBob uh, because he couldn't watch Harry Potter, too scary. Couldn't watch Lord of the Rings. And yet is going against that uh, Steelers defense, which we'd all be quaking in our boots. I mean, I watched Harry Potter, but I'd never step up against the Steelers defense. Joe Burrow is so exciting because he is fearless at the moment. Uh, and I think they'll give the Steelers a run for their money, the Bengals. They're, they're looking good. And as you say, they've been very close to matches, but I still would lean against, uh, on, the, on the Steelers for this one. You've just got me thinking when you were talking about Burrow and his, and his viewing habits that M- M- Michael Owens said that he doesn't like watching films and he's only watched was it eight films or something do you remember that i couldn't believe i think hang on hang on let me just uh, marley i'm just gonna look this up one sec so michael owen tweeted right and this is either he's so brilliantly subversive this was a few years ago so he might well have he might have racked up a few more right he's either incredibly subversive and a genius um that's a b David Lynch hacked his account. <laughs> That's option to be. Or C, it's, it's legit. Uh, he tweets saying, films I've been forced to watch. Because right, the initial tweet was, watch my eighth ever film on the flight home. Must have been <laughs> bored. Eighth ever film. And then, then he followed up with people incredulous, presumably. Films I've been forced to watch. Rocky, Heat, Ghost, Jurassic Park. This is when it gets good. Cool Runnings. <laughs> The best of the budge, Sea Biscuit, Karate Kid, and Forrest Gump. Sure, I- apart from Sea Biscuit, which I've not seen, um, I've watched all of those. That would be a normal weekend. Oh, just- <laughs> you're <laughs> ill. You got to take the week off school. Watch a couple of films. They'd be all there. It's interesting. Heat. I mean, Heat's one of my favourite films yeah. ever. Right. I mean, to terrific. Um, Pacino, De Niro, Val Kilmer, Michael Mann. Val. Where's Val, Val. these days? Sea Biscuit, yeah, well, he's big into his horses, so maybe that's why. Uh, it doesn't specify whether it's the new or the old Karate Kid incident. I'm, I'm kind of hoping it's the old one, the original one. Yeah, uh, yeah, come on, mm-hmm. you can't have, um, yeah, Will Smith's son. Uh, no, no, it's got to be the old school. We will, <laughs> much I love to talk about Michael Owens viewing out. How do we get on that? Joe Burrow, that's right. So we're both going Steelers, but the, the Bengals uh, make a fight of it as they have done for much of the season. All right, then let's rattle through the rest. Quick fire. Uh, we'll pick the games, uh, rather I'll name the game and we'll pick uh, the winner with a line on each Texans Brown. So of course, Houston, the only team Houston have beaten this season is Jacksonville, right? <laughs> so that, that quite, uh, adds up to their two wins. Do they get some offense rolling against the erratic Browns? Uh, Deshaun Watson carries this team. And when he said, I'm glad we didn't trade Fuller, just shows how bad this uh, Texans team are. They're on the slide, whereas the Browns, wobbling upwards uh, with uh, an inconsistent Baker Mayfield. I I see this being a Browns win and with the like of Chubb uh, coming back, him and Kareem Hunt work very well as a duel. This is a Browns win. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of points is a great, great point that you make that Chubb coming back and that tag team against the Texans run D that we know can be exploited. But I think Deshaun and the Texans will put points up on the Browns. So I think this is going to be a bit of a shootout. The line, I think, is around 54. So even by this season standards, that's reasonably high. But I think they might well they might well surpass that. Thriller. Ah, God, I don't know which way I'm going here. I'm going to lean. I'm going Texans. Why not? Texans for the upset road win. The Browns uh, baffle me. Uh, so I'm going to lean in Deshaun, we trust. I uh, love Deshaun. Right. Washington, 
the Washington football team at Detroit. Which way are you going here? Uh, always love Alex Smith as a Niners fan. Yeah. Incredible player. What a comeback, getting his first touchdown. Yes, he got three interceptions. Uh, the Washington football team, uh, I, I don't particularly like watching. Neither do I like watching the Lions. They've really struggled. Amandola's the top receiver there. They've really missed Galladay. I think this could be a this is who to pick in this one. You would lean, I'd, I'm going to lean on the Washington. It's, it does make it interesting, Alex Smith, right? It makes Washington interesting. And they're still in the hunt, I think, for the NFC East. If they get a win against Detroit, it will make it interesting. So they've got stuff to play for. I really do believe they are still looking at that division and thinking we can squeak in seven and nine. Detroit, chalk them up with the Rams. No idea where they really are. We were so big on them. A lot of people were going into the season as the sleeper pick. And I think Patricia is one of those coaches on the hot seat. Mm, leaning Detroit for the win, but I reckon it'll be it'll be tight. It'll be a tight one. Uh, speaking of the NFC East, Philly uh, head to New York to take on the Giants. Uh, Philly in the boxy, right? Three, four, and one. That's how bad the East is. The Giants. Uh, people are saying maybe are as bad as the Jets. The, obviously, their record they've got a couple of wins, so they're not uh, they're not sitting uh, bottom of the pile in that respect. But in terms of talent. They're as bad. They're just better coach. That seems to be the book on the Giants. Fair, and as a result, do you think they make this competitive? Uh, I think it's a fair comparison. I think both defenses are are organized by tough. They're two tough teams, the Jets and the Giants. It just who rolls over quick. I mean, the, the Giants mm. were so close against the Bucks. Uh, we didn't see that. We didn't expect that. I prefer the Giants. I take them over the Jets, not just because of their, their one win, but I think they're a stronger team. Yes, maybe better coached. Um, but for this game, uh, the Eagles, I mean, it's who throws more interceptions during this game, isn't it, really? Yeah. Wentz <laughs> and Danny Dimes. Yeah. Uh, for me, Eagles have got got up back, uh, Dallas Goddard. So we've got a tight end that can actually catch that ball for the, the Eagles. Mm-hmm. I think this is the Eagles win, but just I'm hoping Danny Dimes does another run, uh, another bootleg run. <laughs> and does he go in this time? Scores a touchdown. And actually does. I, I, they're one of the teams and... I'm going to throw in another plug for my times column that are in the running, obviously, for, for Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. And, and that is an, another interesting dynamic of teams that have invested recently in a first round quarterback. What they yeah. do, right? You know, I mean, and the Jets with Donald, maybe less so because it's an extra year. But do they move on from Danny Jones? I mean, it seems like they have to. You can't be the GM that doesn't take Trevor Lawrence. But then you're basically giving up. You're essentially kissing goodbye to a first round pick because they're selling low on on, on Daniel Jones. No one's going to give you a first rounder for him if you deal him now because you're saying you don't want him. It's it's the kind of Josh Rosen effect, right? So yeah. I don't I don't see how uh, that's going to be an easy thing to get yourself out of. I think I'm uh, leaning Philly here. I think they are probably the well, they are the best division, uh, best team in that division. There was a great line you'll appreciate from. Uh, the New York Times, Tom, just talking about this game, saying, uh, here we go, uh, about the NFC East uh, matches between two teams in the NFC East specifically. They are often mistake-filled disappointments in which both teams find new ways to fail. <laughs> so, that's all you need that to is, know about this game, frankly. That, that is so spot on there now. And, and, and what you say about uh, you need a franchise, you need strong management to decide, listen, this isn't the guy. What? just get rid trade yeah. the first year and say, we really like him, but we prefer this guy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like Blake Bortles. How many years do yeah. Jags fans suffer? And no, this isn't the guy. Why stick with them? Yeah. It's a great, you've got to be strong in your determination. This isn't the guy. This yeah. is the guy. Let's go for it. 
great point. I mean, can imagine the Jags could have made the could have made the Super Bowl. Mind you, they Bortles apologists, of which I'm sure there are some, right, would say, well, we almost did make the Super Bowl with him, but uh, but you didn't, and, and that is your point, Tom. Uh, right, 49ers, your 49ers heading into New Orleans, and the Saints looked lethal, didn't they? On both sides of the ball against against Tampa Bay, it was an extraordinary performance from the offense, and for me, really emphasized the fact that. This argument that you can't win the Super Bowl or have a deep playoff run when your quarterback doesn't have a deep arm because you'll beat lesser teams, you'll get found out against the better defenses. Well, maybe Peyton and Breeze are the exception to that rule because we went into that game saying Tampa Bay are the best defense in the NFL and they sliced and diced them 12 different receivers. It was a masterclass. And then you put on what they did on the defensive side of the ball, which was, yes, the, the Bucks were abject. They were maybe cocky, not going to the ground game, therefore not using the play action. Everything was out of the shotgun and they may were complacent there, but the Saints were lights out on both sides of the ball. And I think they they continue that trend. I think they they win this easily. I'm afraid to say, my friend, I think they win this easily. There's absolutely fine. Uh, this 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 point of the season, it's who are the Niners going to trade? Is it Garoppolo or is it Mullins? Are we going to hold on to Mullins? So this is the opportunity is in the shop window. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's I'm not going to say an easy win. I mean, I, I like the fact Ayuk is back. There's going to be some trick trickery from Shanahan. Uh, Richie James had a, a, a great game against the Packers uh, in terms of career receptions. But uh, yeah, you're right. The Saints, very strong. All that pressure they gave on Tom Brady. Um, yeah, this, this, is a, this is definitely a win for the Saints. Are you an a, a, B or C for you? Multiple choice. Are you next season Garoppolo, Mullins or another quarterback? Uh, as long as it's Kirk Cousins, I'll go with C. <laughs> Cousins, amazing. Uh, Josh Rosen, option because B. Shanahan loved him. Um, interesting. Ah, yes, good point. I, I, I would take. I would take. Uh, financially, I would get rid of Garoppolo. I'm, I'm that sort of head coach. Mm. Of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'd, and say I'd get rid of Garoppolo. Keep Mullins. Uh, I, I like him. I just, you just need more weapons, and you need a better defense to to manage the game. And in terms of the Saints, and you saying about Drew Brees. Taysom Hill's there, right, for the long ball yeah, when, when they yeah. want to throw him in. So I, I think, um, like we said about the Ravens, are they one-dimensional? The Saints are clearly not a one-dimensional team. Mm. Taysom Hill comes in. They've got a lot of weapons. And when their defense is matching their offense, they, they are a very strong team. All right, we've got to route through the final one. So we haven't done Jags-Packers yet. I mean, this is a double-digit spread. So mm, shit, I'm, I'm leading Green Bay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and it's, it's close now. Uh, definitely Green Bay for this one. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yeah, this is going to be another strong performance like he had against the Niners. Monte Adams against that Jag oh. secondary. Oh boy. Uh, Charges Dolphins. This is a thriller. Maybe, well, we'll maybe hopefully it'll live up to the hype and we can spend time in it on the Monday show. I and Mike Carson in the house on Monday and today. Charges Fins, which means Herbert Tua in Miami. In Tua, we trust. I'm going Miami for the win. Uh, you you have to uh, because I've got the to. Miami Dolphin helmet there. I would say Dolphins as well. Uh, only thing with Dolphins, no real run game. Who's going to be the running back for the Dolphins? Is Matt Breeder mm-hmm. going to come through? Uh, I like the Charges. I loved uh, Kalen Ballage. What a performance yeah. from him, former uh, he Dolphin, is of practice course, squad player. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, I would lean on the Dolphins just because I'm on the show with you now, and I can't wait Thank for you. Iron Mike Carson's review of that one. Okay, well, I'll, I will make you'll be listening, of course, as a subscriber to the show wherever uh, you listen to the show. Make sure you subscribe on all good podcatchers. But if not, I'll, I will cut out the clip and well, send it, it to you. It drops straight in. That's the beauty ah. when you subscribe. It just is there. 
Amazing. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, are we missing any games? Let me see. I think we are. Raiders-Broncos. Raiders, Where would you go with that one now? Bronc- I'm big on the Raiders. You know, I really am. I think they are underrated. I think they're a playoff side. I, they're, def- they're flawed defensively, but I think this offense is amongst the better in the AFC, and I think they can uh, cause trouble for the Broncos, who I'm not buying. I'm not believing uh, in Trevor Locke. Uh, and look, he's shown a lot of fight and shown a few times now that there is something there, but I just think there's not enough strength and depth on either side of the ball. Raiders for the for the win, and yeah, start believing in this Raiders side. I think they're well-coached. I think they've got a lot of talent. I like them. Yeah, I'd, uh, snap on that. Uh, the Broncos, Noah Fant, maybe no Jerry Judy. It's been unfortunate for Drew Locke at times, but uh, yeah, uh, definitely a Raiders win with this. Love Josh Jacobs. Uh, and, and interesting enough, the game that I, sorry guys, anyone listening, I will not be watching on staying up for is that Vikings Bears game. No chance. Am I watching that <sighs> game? Unfortunately, <laughs> even though Cousins is going to be your quarterback next season, you're not going to bother with it. No, I don't, I don't know what I would do if Kirk Cousins would be the quarterback of the Niners. That is a Dalvin Cook run offense team. Uh, light and day. I love Dalvin Cook. What a fantasy player he has been, breaking McCaffrey's records. Uh, right. could do. Um, and the Bears, well, that isn't an offense. Uh, <laughs> Matt Nagy, how has he still got a job? Uh, Vikings all the way for me as well. Speaking of McCaffrey, that's the other game. Bucks Panthers. Does Tom Brady... I think he. I think they unleash hell. I think this is going to be. I mean, there are a number of players and coaches that you do not want to be facing after a heavy defeat, and Tom Brady is absolutely one of those players. He is going to be smarting with prime time loss. They weren't just. It was handed to them by the yeah. Saints. Uh, I think they are going to go back to establishing a bit of the ground game, the play action again. I think it looks like they're going to have their entire receiving core fit for the first time this season. Antonio Brown. Uh, featured a little bit against the Saints. I think Brady, it's a masterclass. I think they smashed the Panthers. And I like the Panthers, and I think Matt Rule's doing a great job. And maybe I'm underestimating uh, them a little bit here. I think in any other situation, it might be closer. And the Panthers you know, have demonstrated that despite a transitional team, they can stay in it. But I think this is a good buck side. Let's not get carried away with what happened against the Saints. And I think they go off. Mm. For the hundredth time on this show today, I agree with you, Nat. Yeah, <laughs> that's been the catchphrase. Uh, the Panthers have looked very good. You you mentioned Matt Rule that they're a team that like to control the football. I think it would be a little bit different this match if McCaffrey was playing. Mike Davis has done right. a very good a secondary role to, to to McCaffrey, but I feel like Fournette and and, and maybe uh, Jones will start running that football game for the Tampa Bay, and they will control the game. Mm. It's who controls this game. And Brady will start making some better decisions. Yeah. Okie doke. There we did it. We rattled through all of the week 10 slate. We talked Super Bowl halftime. We even had a bit of Thursday night football. And we most importantly discussed the movie watching career of Michael Owen, which uh, incidentally, listeners, if you if you, there's an update on that, because like I said, that the article I was reading was from about five years ago. I'd love to hear it. So please let us know on that at the NC show. Uh Great to see you, Tom. What um, what's next for you? You're back on Sky, right? With uh, with F1. Yeah, F1 Esports, and also uh, for Saturday, uh, the Cabris mm. Heroes League, uh, where taking celebrities teaching their loved ones how to play Street Fighter in a competition. So that's going to be around the world. Amazing. And hopefully there's a lot of chocolate with Cabris. And the good thing is, for all Jets fans who have listened, hey, 
the good thing is you can't lose this week. So congratulations. <laughs> oh, well done, Jets fans. <laughs> well done. Adam Gase, performance in best coaching performance of the season for him. Uh, great to see you, bud. Look after yourself. Come back and see us soon. Oh, I would love to. Everybody, take care. See you soon. See you, bud. Love stuff from Tom. Uh, you can guarantee he's going to be back very, very soon. Uh, count on that, in fact. Looking forward to catching up with Iron Mike on Monday for our Week 10 review show. Really, really fascinating matchups. Really, I found that hard to pick a lot of those games, which is usually a good sign for the, the neutral. If you've got no skin in the game, then I think there are going to be some fascinating matchups playing out. And as we've seen a lot this season, the NFL never ceases to surprise us. Throws up surprise each and every week. I wonder what it's going to be on the Week 10 slate. So looking forward to deep diving with Iron Mike on Monday for that show. If you haven't already subscribed to us uh, and list, link up to us on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at the NC Show for lots of extra content, bonus video content rolls out there as well. And a big thank you, incidentally, to all of you who have left messages on the different pod platforms, reviews. We really appreciate it. Uh, I think what we'll do is uh, shout out a few of you over the coming weeks as well, taking time to do that uh, and celebrate the show. We massively appreciate it. Not just me, but all the crew that make it uh, big, big thank you for that. It's a smile on my face. Right. I'm Mike Monday. We'll see you then. Bye for now, gang. Podcast Network.